Welcome to the Nation's Blind Podcast, coming to you from the headquarters of the National Federation of the Blind in Baltimore. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Nation's Blind Podcast. My name is Danielle Trevino, and in the studio with me today is Mr. Anil Lewis. Hey, I, I love how nervous you sound since I'm right here. This is great. I know. Usually when I talk about you, you're not around. Well, that's good. Now I can <laughs> check you out. Yeah. You guys look like you've been having so much fun. I just had to get a little piece of it, so I'm glad to be here. Oh, we're glad to have you. Really glad to have you. So, uh, some uh, activity happening around the center this week. Just a little bit. <laughs> Just a little. Oh, it's crazy, but it's a fun kind of crazy, it is. right? It's exciting. It's convention crazy. Convention crazy. Yeah, is that yeah. a term? Like I a, don't know. It's one now. We should submit that for Webster for their word of the year. They, well, I don't know about that, but if we can make it go, what, what you're the social media diva. What is that? Trending? No, go viral. viral. Yeah. Viral. Yeah. Yes. Convention crazy. Everybody hashtag convention crazy. <laughs> That's too many characters, right? <laughs> you're killing my character. <laughs> so sorry. speaking of convention hashtags, do you know what the official NFB convention hashtag is? Oh man. Hashtag. I'm an old guy. That's the pound sign thing, right? Uh-huh. Okay. Hashtag NFB 16. Good job. See, Thank you. Thank you're you very with much. It. You're with the times. Yeah, I'm hip. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I'm, I'm cool. We'll I'm funky fresh. <laughs> All right. We'll go with that. <laughs> <laughs> so NFB 16, hashtag NFB 16. Uh, people are already starting to use it. It's pretty awesome. That is pretty awesome. I really am excited about convention. This is one of the, the most wonderful parts of this job. Yeah. I'm yeah. looking forward to it. It's going to be a good. My This is your first one, right? This is my uh, this is my second on staff. Oh, that's right. You started last year. We put you right in the trenches. Yep. My first yeah. assignment was to fly to convention. Yeah. What'd you think? I I thought it was pretty great. I, it was a bit overwhelming. Yeah. Uh, not gonna lie, but it was so empowering and being able to be in the general sessions and listen to everything and being able to watch the Twitter feed and be a part of that was pretty incredible. Yeah, it is pretty awesome. What what's what's your favorite memory of last year's convention? I think my favorite memory of last year's convention was probably my last day, the last day that we were doing general sessions, so mm -hmm. the closing sessions, and just knowing that I was a part of something bigger than myself and knowing that that's beautiful. we changed lives, you know? Yeah, that's and, real. And hearing that, hearing the people talking, you know, how President Riccobono in his report talked about Pedro Martinez, the father that we helped get his daughter back to him. And yeah. Knowing that that's what I was becoming a part of was just amazing. That's awesome. So what well, about you? I'm, here, I'm going to take take over. Let, let's make this the conversational theme and, and spread it with everyone else. Because I think that it's that first time convention experience that really makes a true impact. I mean, that's when I really found out what the Federation was about. My original experience in Georgia wasn't the greatest, um, but it evolved. But my first real experience back in 95 was in Chicago. And you're right, the the part that you see about uh, how meaningful and how powerful the Federation is really does have an impact. Unfortunately for me, I, in my first convention, I didn't really get exposed to that, but I did get exposed to the power of the Federation. I went to the uh, opening ceremony, yeah. and I was sitting there in the hall. You know, for those of you who haven't been to a convention, it's based on a convention style, so you sit based on state. And uh, at the time that the gavel comes down, all of these bagpipes just went off and it just went on through the convention hall and the energy of 2,500 blind people, you know, basically just took over hotel. And it was just so fulfilling uh, that it was just powerful. But I guess my first real true national convention experience happened in 99 when it came to Atlanta. And I had the opportunity as a member of the Atlanta chapter to help plan some of the convention activities. So I got to see a lot on the front end and on the back end. So it really made me appreciate the hard work that goes into planning a convention. 
But like you said, seeing the impact that we have around convention uh, and the things that we do as an organization, uh, that's, that's nothing like it. Yeah, it's it's definitely one of a kind experience. You get to participate in, in these sessions and also all the seminars and the divisions. There's, there's literally something for everybody to mm-hmm. do at convention. But I think one thing that I'm excited about, it probably won't be a surprise to you, Neil, is the tweet up that's going to happen. Oh, look at you. you might, like you have some social media. Uh, yeah, I've dabbled in it. <laughs> our social media diva here, Danielle Trevino, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Well, let's give everybody an opportunity to participate in this first time convention experience. We'll do the, maybe around the tweet up. Get yeah. people to, well, you, you coordinate because I have people doing, you know, hashtags of 140 <laughs> characters and then they have, want to have Get two characters. To put. <laughs> A colon, right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So the tweet up this year is going to be on July 30th from 8.30 to 10 p.m. And what, uh, what, what's a tweet up? So tweet up is where you actually get together with people that you have previously only known on Twitter. I, I suppose it could be on all social media or chat rooms, like remember old school chat rooms? <laughs> all right. Now you stop that. <laughs> but I am old school. And yes, I do remember <laughs> chat rooms. Thank you very much. Um. So... It's going to be from 8.30 to 10 p.m. Uh, the agenda is available on our website because the room escapes my mind. So I can't talk about you being old because I can't even remember. Well, the, the tweet up. People being there, I'm sure they'll find out. And, you know, a, a unique way of maybe getting it out there is maybe we could tweet the room location. Yeah, watch our Twitter. So we're at NFB. So that is at November Foxtrot Bravo underscore voice. That is our Twitter handle, NFB voice underscore Somebody voice. just showing off with the whole ham radio stuff. <laughs> All right. Is that part of social media, ham radio? Sure. Oh, Why not? You're so compromised. I mean, so easily. <laughs> but yeah, the beauty of it is that people, even if they're not at a convention, they can tweet, right? They can still tweet their own first time convention experiences. Yeah, exactly. You can tweet us if you're at convention, if you're at home listening to the live stream, because we're streaming convention live again this year, as we do most years. So that information is also on the website. But yeah, tweet along with us and send us your first time convention experience what what did it feel like what do you remember most from your first time at convention yeah i think that'd be pretty cool i'd love to hear it and just for the old school people like myself who may not have a twitter handle is that right you're correct okay thank you you could actually use old school technology it's called a telephone and dial it 410-659-9314 and go to extension 2444 and leave us an old school uh, voicemail around your first time convention experience and who knows maybe we'll get to play it on the podcast that'd be exciting yeah listen to some experiences <laughs> so uh you know oh, we have you said that it's kind of scary experiences <laughs> well you know yeah. you know so and for those of you who don't know it, it's it's all over the the convention is uh an educational but entertaining experience i mean we have fun because in the federation we work hard and we play hard absolutely yeah so so for those that will be attending convention, just one more, because I have to highlight my, my little shindig here. Mm-hmm. So uh, there will be a Social Media 101 session happening on July 3rd. It's Sunday from 6 to 8 p.m. in, oh gosh, I'm going to mess up the name of this room, Wickawa. Close Wickawa? enough. Is it? Is it? Yeah. So Wickawa number three okay. is going to be the Social Media 101. So we're going to get to the basics of how to sign up and why to sign up and do you what have like do. a remedial, like a social media 98 or 99 class? A, a zero, zero yeah. credit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Maybe we'll yeah, work Could I just that. audit it? Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> can I audit exactly. it? Maybe. There, there's one piece that I, I would be remiss if I didn't highlight. Now, every convention, there's one 
part of that convention that stands out more than anything, and that's the banquet speech. Yeah. Uh, last year, that was so powerful. President Riccobono's banquet speech last year, I feel he just knocked it out of the park. I mean, I listened to it over and over again. I think the energy around it, it's just a culmination of all of that hard work in that whole week that's um, put out in a message that, you know, resonates. It, it's like having a sermon, but that sermon's got to last all year, right? So I'm looking forward to seeing what happens on July 5th at the banquet this time. Absolutely. His speech last year really hit home in a lot of ways for me, so I'm really looking forward to listening to what he has to say this year. Mm-hmm. Excellent. So, Neil, I think it's time for us to take a little bit of a break. What do you say? Uh, you already tired of me? Well, I need I need some water. Okay. We'll go with that. <laughs> good enough. Was that a good Let's segue? take a break. <laughs> you are listening to the Nation's Blind Podcast. We'll be right back. Coming this summer at the 2016 National Convention, Dots from Space. In the year 2525, a race of interstellar travelers comes upon the abandoned city of Baltimore, Maryland, and discovers a building well known to the members of the Federation. Follow these intrepid adventurers as they explore the mysterious secrets of the NFB Jernigan Institute and learn that it is respectable to be blind. Our heroes will face many challenges, but you can help by solving puzzles, answering trivia, and collaborating with your friends. To join in this unique and interactive experience, please visit quest.nfb.org. And for more information on how to play, please send an email to quest.nfb.org or call area code 203-364-4262. Welcome back, everybody. In the studio with me this afternoon, I have Chris Danielson with the news. Hey, Chris. Hi, Danielle. How are you today? I'm well. I'm well. How are you? Doing well. So my first item of news is that we have entered into another round of litigation to protect the rights of blind voters, this time in New York State. And this is a partnership between us, the National Federation of the Blind, the Center for the Independence of the Disabled, and it's their New York branch, so it's known as Sydney, and two blind plaintiffs. And we've filed suit against the New York Department of Motor Vehicles and the State Board of Elections because blind voters cannot independently register to vote using the state websites or their PDF forms um, because they're inaccessible using screen reader technology. So it's not possible for a blind person to privately and independently enter all of their information to register to vote. And of course, some of that in, uh, information people want to keep private, like their party affiliation, and they cannot currently do that. And uh, it's interesting because in this case, we're represented by some uh, attorneys that we worked with, with before at Brown, Goldstein, and Levy, our friends here at the Baltimore Law Firm. But uh, Disability Rights Advocates, which is a nonprofit disability civil rights firm, and the American Civil Liberties Union is also involved in this case. Cool. So can our listeners find more information about that on our website? Absolutely. 
Uh, just so our listeners know, all of our press releases, a lot of times when they're brand new, we put them on the front page of our website, which is, of course, nfb.org. But you can also go to nfb.org slash press dash room and find all of our press releases so you can get all the news when it comes out. And you can actually sign up on that press room page to receive the press releases by email. So just a useful thing to know. And I've got another news item. Shall I, shall I move on to that or do you have any more questions about the first one? Go for it. So the second news item is about NFB Newsline. This is very exciting. NFB Newsline users will know that we have a job listings feature that is powered by CareerBuilder.com, and we have now added listings from USA Jobs, USAJobs.gov, which is the official job board of the federal government. So if you're looking for a job with the federal government or you think you might be interested in federal employment, you can now check out its listings on NFB Newsline. And again, this expands the job search feature, um, and you can search uh, with all kinds of parameters. Um, so we now have the both the CareerBuilder.com listings and the USAJobs.gov listings. And the last thing I wanted to mention is that uh, we now have uh, I don't I'm not totally clear on all the details. Maybe you are more clear even than I am, but we have an arrangement with the Apple Store regarding KNFB Reader. And what this means is my understanding is that people can actually get support in the Apple Store for using KNFB Reader on the iPhone and actually get the Apple Store geniuses or employees to help them download the app and answer questions and, and things like that. Have I got that right? You got it. Yeah. It's really great that Apple is starting to keep access technology in their stores now. And now with the KNFB Reader, they can help you with the app. Yeah. Are they also uh, keeping Braille displays and things like that um, to, to show people? Is that what the deal is? Yeah. I think they have a few Braille displays. and I think they have uh, some other technology that doesn't necessarily have to do with blindness, but it's assistive technology. So it's pretty good that they're starting to open their doors, literally open their doors to that sort of thing. Absolutely. That's a, certainly an enhancement to their uh, commitment to accessibility. That's great to hear. So that's what I have. That's the news. Thank you so much, Chris. You are so welcome. Welcome back to the Nation's Blind Podcast. My name is Danielle Trevino in the studio with... Oh, Anil. Anil Lewis. <laughs> Are you sure? Yeah, I'm positive. You, were, you, you know, sure? this is not my space. You know, you're trying to act like I'm an on-air personality. I, I like to deal with people face-to-face, -face, so... You're doing good. You oh, do, but you, you are. But the thing is, you are dealing with people face-to-face. -face. Like, people are listening to you right now as they're <laughs> yeah, going to the gym, getting millions, a latte. Millions and millions of people. Uh, yeah. Getting a donut. Well, there you go. They're, well, I mean, you're with donut. Yeah, okay. latte right. and donut. All right. And for those of you who listen at the podcast in the evening, you know, get a nice beer for me, Long Island iced tea, glass of wine. How wine. about that? Wine. Okay. Wine. Excellent. Excellent. <laughs> that was pretty cool news that Chris was sharing. Yeah. He uh, he definitely gave us some interesting stuff to think about and to participate with. Yeah. I, I think that it's always important people don't understand that, you know, the whole voting piece is really key. You know, talking about first time convention experiences back in the 99 and 2000, that's when we were passing the Help America Vote Act, really working to pass it. I remember my first 
convention as uh, state president in 2002, I was able to announce that the state of Georgia had actually passed legislation and had accessible voting machines in all of their precincts. So people think that once the bill is passed, then it's done. But, you know, it's obvious. We have to keep on enforcing it. It's just as easy to lose the rights we've achieved, you know, maybe somewhat easier than it is to actually gain them. So I'm glad that we as a federation are committed to making sure that blind people are able to cast a private independent ballot and access all the aspects of voting just like any other citizen in the United States. Exactly. It's very important. I know this year for the primaries, I had a very gruff, uh, we'll leave it at gruff, experience (laughs) with the people at my polling location. And that's with them having training. I can't imagine what it would have been like if they didn't have training. So it's always good to keep it at the forefront of our minds and then therefore at the forefront of everybody else's minds. Yeah, we got to stay on top of it. So if you guys have had some pretty interesting voting experiences, make sure you let us know because we have an active voter outreach project here during every election period. We'll probably talk about that maybe in a later podcast. Yeah, I would say so for sure. Excellent. And I love the fact that the news line continues to expand. Uh, We're going to hopefully be moving more aggressively into that employment space. And a lot of people don't recognize what a useful tool uh, the news line is related to getting job listings. I know that people think that, you know, uh, you don't get jobs from the newspaper or job listings, uh, but that's not true. Uh, Of course, getting access to jobs, the best way to do it is by networking and, and finding people that can introduce you to those opportunities. But the fundamental tool of having access to the job listings is exactly that. It's a fundamental tool. It not only allows you to look at different opportunities, but also gives people who may not know exactly what they want to do an opportunity to see what types of employment opportunities exist. So that was really helpful to hear that we continue also as a federation to move into that space that creates opportunity for people to be employed in real careers. Yeah, if we want to live the lives we want, we have to be able to provide for ourselves and be self-sufficient, and that's just another tool in the toolbox. Social media diva using the tagline and everything. I mean... Man, I should hang around you more often. Maybe I'll be a savvy... No, no, I learned all my skills from you. Stop it. This is the Mutual Admiration Society brought to you on Voice of the Nation's Blind. Look at C. Very nice. Oh, thank you. Thank you. That's (laughs) that's my radio voice. Speaking of my radio voice, I'm I'm interested in hopefully being part of the the whole Canopy Reader public campaign. You know, they got the new tagline. What did it make? Make Make the the print print yours. yours. Oh, look at we did it in tandem. Yeah, it's awesome. All right. All right. Book that one. Put that one there. We're ready. Yeah, we just did the commercial. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so speaking of great things that are happening within the Federation, I understand that you actually were able to get an interview with President Riccobono. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and it's really a good opportunity to really, I don't know, explore that personal side of our national president. I think that a lot of people don't recognize that as the national president, he has to conduct himself in a way because he's always in public a representative of this organization. Uh, But in addition to being a tremendous leader, he has a tremendous personality, quick wit, uh, very insightful, very knowledgeable about a variety of different topics. And and I'm just pleased to be able to call him my friend as well as my president. You know, convention time is special for me because, as we've mentioned, it's 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 when I came on board. Uh, And I remember when we came back from convention last year, he was so busy and he still every day made time to come into my office to say, what do you need from me? And that that spoke volumes to me of the fact that he made time to make sure that I had what I needed to get started on the right foot. And that I really appreciate, you know, that he's mentored me this whole year and look forward to continuing to work with him. And that's excellent. And we shouldn't be so selfish. We should probably try to share that relationship with other members of the organization. So that's why I'd like to introduce this next piece. And hopefully it'll be a reoccurring part of our podcast, The Presidential Privilege. 
is Neil Lewis, and I'm very pleased to have the opportunity to conduct what we're going to call the first moment of presidential privilege. I have the opportunity here to talk with our national president, Mr. Mark Riccobono. President Riccobono, thanks for joining us. It's a privilege. <laughs> Look at what you did there. <laughs> I see what you did on the Voice of the Nation's Blind podcast. I thought it would be very helpful for me, and kind of selfish, I guess, to conduct this first interview because uh, President Riccobono, more directly Mark, and I developed a friendship within the organization. And because of the organization, we met back in 1999. You recall, yes? Oh, yes, absolutely. And, and part of the best leadership seminar the Federation's ever had, the Three Strikes Seminarians. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And um, I, I, I could go and talk about it, but this is not about me. This is about the presidential privilege. But I would like for you to reflect back on a couple of key uh, themes through that, com through that leadership seminar. If you recall, that was the first seminar that uh, Dr. Maurer led uh, that Dr. Jernigan wasn't able to play a part of. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I, I, you know, to give some context, I guess, to uh, those who may not know, you know, the National Federation of the Blind um, invests heavily in leadership. And um, one of the primary tools that we've used to build leadership over the last uh, 40 plus years uh, has been uh, leadership seminars and there are many flavors of leadership seminar but specifically we have uh, leadership seminars going back to 1973-ish with our national president specifically led by our national president with the goal of really bringing to pe people of in our organization together to talk about leadership and also build relationships. And, I didn't realize they went all the way back to 73. Uh, yeah, 70, the f uh, I guess uh, fall of 73 was the first seminar. Wow. And um, there have now been uh, 82, I believe. The last one was the 82nd seminar, uh, the known as the Magic 8-Ball Seminar. <laughs> And uh, the Three Strikes Seminar was an interesting time, as Anil says, because uh, it was the first seminar that Dr. Maurer conducted after Dr. Jernigan died. And so um, a significant feeling of weight could be felt in the seminar, as could be expected. Uh, Dr. Maurer shouldering it um, uh, on his own and very reflective, of course, of the leadership that Dr. Jernigan had provided for, I don't know what number seminar that was, but obviously many, many seminars that, that Dr. Jernigan had been a part of. And uh, every seminar is different. It's different because of the people in it. It's different because the content is slightly different. It's different because slightly different questions arise. And uh, it's different based on the time period where we are in the organization. And I think um, 1999 was a very unique time. We had lost one of our principal leaders in the organization. And at the same time, we were embarking on a huge capital campaign to build the National Federation of the Blind Jernigan Institute. Yeah, and, and the memory in retrospect is really kind of surreal because as part of the leadership seminar, you may recall, we actually went to go visit Dr. Jernigan's gravesite. And so there we were, uh, Dr. Jernigan, um, the immediate past president of the organization at that time, and Dr. Maurer, who was president at the time of our seminar, knew, you know, um, it was really very surreal in retrospect. Yeah. I, I, I remember when I got the call 
to actually come uh, to the leadership seminar. And if anyone out there gets the opportunity, now that President Rick Bono's coordinating the leadership seminars at the invitation of the national president, if you get the opportunity to come to participate, uh, I encourage you to to take full advantage of that. Make whatever life changes you have to make in order to make sure that you can can really be active and have that experience. Can you talk a little bit about your coordinating or coordination of the leadership seminars? Because you've done what, two, three? Um, let's see, three. Uh, now I think it's hard. Yeah, three. I'm pretty sure three. Um, because we did not have one, I don't think, in the fall of 14, but we had one in the spring. So, uh, of 15. The goal of the seminar, from my perspective, in terms of participants, is to find a cross-section of people from all over the country who bring diversity, who bring different perspectives, and who are in a place to where they're really hungry for the leadership seminar. Now, some of them don't know they're hungry for it. Uh, others have identified them as folks that are really ready to to dig into the federation it is not a good place to get to know the organization for the first time because it's an intense experience and it's meant that people come with some background to the organization and we can only get in 25 or so people every time and so you try to spread it around and um, sometimes it's based on personal experience meeting someone at a state convention, but often it's other leaders of the Federation have made recommendations, and uh, sometimes circumstances just happen that people can't make it or uh, they get passed over uh, for one reason or another. I mean, again, sometimes it's just finding a mix. If we get one or two people from a state, you're tapped out for taking more people from that state for that seminar. So it's Mm -hmm. an interesting balance. It would be nice to do more leadership seminars during the year, but they are intense, and there is a lot of work otherwise to be done. So it's a careful balance of uh, grooming the leadership in that way. And, and much like Dr. Jernigan kind of supported Dr. Maurer in his efforts, Dr. Maurer continues to support you in your efforts, especially through the leadership seminar in other ways. Yeah, I, mean, I think we're in a unique time where Dr. Maurer uh, gets to participate in the leadership seminar, and he, of course, has been through the seminars and brings uh, a perspective, a depth on the organization, an understanding of it. Um, he's lived a lot of the history that gets talked about that uh, I've only read about. So uh, w- the, that we can get it firsthand is really tremendous. And um, it's one of the great benefits we have of our organization that we can get in the same space with each other. Yeah, and that whole mentoring component, I think, pays off in so many ways. Yeah, yeah. So now, 1999, I'm pretty sure you had no real um, desire, or maybe, to say or, or interest in becoming the national president of, of the organization, or m- maybe you did. This is something we never really discussed. But at what point did you want to become the president and why? Yeah, it's an interesting question. I'm not sure at what point. Um, the leadership of the organization gets talked about all the time, at least it it did when I was coming up in the organization. Um, Who's going to do this? Who's going to do that? Who's going to be the next this or that? Uh, In the student division, that's what we did. Uh, Not all the time, but some of the time. And um, 
I'm not sure at what point I thought it was something I would want to do. I'm sure it was something I thought would be a lot of fun before I really internalized what it would mean to actually do the job. So um, <laughs> probably in the time period of 2010 or so, right about the time that we were working on the Blind Driver Challenge, mm -hmm. um, there were a lot of things coming together and uh, a lot of things happening in the organization. And that certainly was a time period when I decided in my life that there there was nothing else that I could think I would want to do but work for the National Federation of the Blind. Not just strictly be president, but work for the Federation. I can't think of anything else more interesting but working for the Federation. And it's uh, I've always, in the time that I have been part of the organization now 20 years, gotten to do all sorts of things that I would have never expected. It's it's day to day, it's it's always something new and exciting. So yeah, that's what I find fun about the job as well. Yeah, so I think it was about that time period that I thought I you know, I I could do this for thirty or forty or fifty years and and and, and love it. And so <laughs> I think I went to Dr. Maurer at about that time period and said, um, I know you're thinking about the leadership of the organization and I just want you to know that I'm on the team regardless, and that is true, uh, but that I want to be considered as one of those that um, uh, might be a potential to do the job because, of course, only the person in the seat really understands uh, the dynamics of what it Amen. really means. Amen. I, I reflect back on that night more so than most uh, because I've had the opportunity to get to know you on a personal level um, don't know exactly what the catalyst was, but I'm thankful that it was because I've come to know you not only as a leader, but also as a friend. And I think you bring a component that's essential to the job that unfortunately a lot of people don't get to see it because it's not part of that outward facing part of being president. So uh, hopefully through some of these interviews, we'll be able to get our membership and other individuals to know you in a real way and understand that there's so many different nuanced dimensions toward being president. So, yeah, you know, I don't know if anybody could effectively be president of the National Federation of the Blind if they weren't willing not to be president and still be part of the organization. Um, we've grown the organization in such a way, and we've gr grown to be a very strong nationwide family, and we say that, and I think people that don't know us don't fully come to understand it. But we are, and... I don't I it, it's hard to imagine the federation electing a leader as president who wouldn't be a, a leader that would just walk away if they were no longer president. It, it's hard to imagine that because I think the ethic we have in our organization the the expectations we have for how we interact in the leadership the best leaders we can find are ones that are here for the organization and a lot of times step up or are called upon to step up and step up and don't even recognize it. So exactly. it's it's an interactive process. So uh, it's, it's interesting to think about, well, when did I really think I could actually do the job? Well, that never really happened. I'm not sure some days whether I should be doing the job. <laughs> Um, that's good. We want to keep you hungry. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. right. But, you know, we have this 
understanding that our, we have an organization that's bigger than any one individual as well. Yeah, but I agree with you that commitment beyond title is important, but even more so speaking to getting to know you, I, I know you personally. I know the struggle that you have balancing family uh, with the work, and a lot of that is overlap, and that's fortunate. I mean, I see you as a dedicated husband to Melissa and dedicated father to Austin and Ori and Elizabeth, and I recognize that you try to find that comfortable balance between family and work so that family component doesn't get lost as one of the Federation components mm-hmm. or the Federation component doesn't get you know ignored because of those family commitments. We talk about how we drive the organization through the love that we have for one another, and I think that that is really a, a symbolic, if not a real, um, reflection of why you are so much so suited for this position. I think the love you share for your blood family is love that carries over to your Federation family. Well, it, it is a family, and uh, it, it's a blessing to to have access to uh, the network of people that we have. And I, I wish more people recognized it for what it is and opened their hearts to the fact that where else in this country can you get a whole nationwide network of friends who are there to support you just because you say you're a federationist? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's true. Trevor, and we're in the country. I love the way you sum it up by calling it a bond of faith Yeah, because absolutely. it speaks to more than that. Yeah. So I had one kind of interview question, and then I want to close with something a little bit more personal. So you've been president for two years. Uh, what have been the challenges? What have been your successes? What, tell us a little bit about that whole. <clears throat> well, you know, I think um, the biggest challenge is you don't know what you don't know. And uh, the demands of the office of the president of the Federation are many. And uh, y- until you do it for a little while, it's hard to really. Uh, know where to apply energy and time, and there's always more work in the organization than there is time. So that's one is, I'd say, not not knowing uh, the things that I didn't know. The other challenge, I guess, is really growing into it to understand that we are doing something in the National Federation of the Blind that, that no one else, no other organizations doing. And we have to keep the standards high and continue to break new ground. But at the same time, we have to evolve as an organization. And I have found it challenging to deal with the pile of critics out there who criticize us without any real basis of knowing who we are or how we operate or what we do. How many times over the last two years, have I seen, have I uh, come across statements about how the Federation has sold out to this or that company? Mm. Well, I've been the one sitting at the table with these guys, and I know we haven't sold out. Right. Uh, in fact, we've been very downright demanding. <laughs> but we also are in a space where we recognize that we can go a lot farther if we can innovate with these companies together. I think about, and I'll say this because I'm going to say it probably at the convention, you know, the first time I met with the exec at Amazon, Rohit, Mm -hmm. uh, I said, he came to visit us here at the national office, and uh, I said, I only have two choices. We can either slay the dragon 
or we can work with you. That's it. That's all we get. And uh, one's going to be a lot harder on us and you. It's going to be more expensive for us. It's going to be more expensive for you. Mm -hmm. And it's going to take a long time. Um, The other route, I don't know what we'll be able to do, but if we do it right, we'll get a lot farther and we'll do things that are going to make a difference that we can't even recognize today. Now, is that selling out? Well, I don't think so because I know, and I think uh, Amazon knows, that at the end of the day, if it doesn't get done, the Federation's not going to roll over. Uh, The the signs are still down there from the last Amazon protest. We'll dust them off and get them out. (laughs) Um, But that's a challenge because... It's easy for people to stand on the sidelines and criticize. It's hard to be in the game so true. and make it happen. Absolutely. And there's so much more to gain through these partnerships. And like you said, we never lose the opportunity to do the other. We can always slay the dragon. Yeah. But it's much better to tame the dragon. So I don't know. I didn't talk about any accomplishments. But I think the accomplishment is that we have successfully transitioned leadership in the organization, um, not just at the national level. Uh, we have a lot of affiliates in transition. We have a lot of new leaders, emerging leaders in the organization who, uh, I guess like myself, they're, they're, it's, it's uh, learning on the job. It's, it's on-the-job training, and that's really the only way you can get in there and do it. I mean, it's the same way that I'm sure you and, and definitely I did tackled being an affiliate president. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's a real success, the continuity of leadership in organizations is so often about the people. And in the Federation, it's not about the people. It's about the organization. And I think that we have managed it over the last two years, continuing to have our long-term leaders who have put a lot of energy and blood, sweat, tears, money into this organization that we have helped them to know that we still need them, but one of their most pressing jobs is to help a new generation of leaders step forward. It's not that their work, their need has, our need for their leadership has changed. It's that the what we need them to do is different. And I hope that in uh, 25 or 30 years, um, that the next generation of leaders will um, uh, treat us the same way. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. Well, we're going into our 2016 convention. Um, you'll be up for re-election. Uh, for what it's worth, you definitely have my support, of course. I think Excellent. You, Thank you. You've ushered <laughs> us through these two years, which has been difficult, and I think you may have oversimplified the transitional dynamics, and hopefully we'll be able to dive down into some of those. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I do want to <laughs> ask this one question, and, you know, it's a little personal, and you may shut me down, but one of the the things I really love about convention, of course, is the banquet and the banquet speech. And may I say last year it was phenomenal. The banquet speech last year was, was outstanding. And I want to know, you know, without offering a spoiler alert, you know, if you want to share anything or maybe give a little cliffhanger about what we might expect this year. Well, I think uh, this year we're going to cover a new topic, which is blindness. <laughs> and uh, no, no. Um, That's an inside joke. Yeah, no, no, it's yeah. not inside. It's same topic every year. Yeah. Um, Well, I'd say this. Um, I had an idea of what I was going to talk about for the banquet speech. It was not real well developed. Um, And I wasn't 
spectacular, but I thought this I'm, I'm interested in this space. And I went to our convention in New Mexico, and I found out I was supposed to speak at lunch. I didn't somehow I missed the memo on that. So okay, I need something new to say. And so I started talking about a topic. And I said, hey, this is a pretty good topic. I should explore this a little more. And so I came back and started thinking about it and uh, kicking it around. And I I hope it's a topic that uh, the Federation will find interesting. I don't think it's a topic that has been explored in quite this way in the banquet speech. Um, Those who have previewed it... uh, say it's better than last year. Uh, <laughs> I'm my own worst critic, so uh, ask me afterward. Uh, okay. We'll see. We'll see. But I hope that, most importantly, it helps us collectively examine where we are as an organization and how we continue to push into some new spaces and understand blindness in new ways. But not just blindness, but the human experience, because, of course, we are a cross-section of society, and we just happen to have a characteristic that a lot of people find limiting. So at the same time, we have to understand the truth about blindness, that one little characteristic. The only way we're really going to get better is if we really understand from our unique perspective uh, the human experience and how we can make it better and how we can contribute to the rest of the world. Awesome. Well, I'd like for you to end this piece, and if you could just give us the traditional words that you use to close most of the, the meetings that we've had as an organization. I'd uh, be pleased to do that. Uh, let me just say as a, a point of privilege that um, we've had a successful two years. We've started some new things like the Nations Blind podcast, Uh, But we're not done yet. We need to think about what's next, and we need to hear from members of the Federation about where we need to go next. That's what I love about convention is we're going to push and pull each other, talk about where we need to go next, and the students are going to be talking about who's going to be coming up and doing the next thing and why aren't we doing this. And that's the beauty of convention is we're going to be thinking about what to do next and how we all can work on it together And so I'm looking forward to what will come out of this year's convention. And so with that, let's go build the Federation. Excellent. Thank you. President Mark Riccobono. Well, Anil, that was fantastic. I really do hope that the presidential privilege becomes a regular part of the show. Yeah, I I think, again, it, it, it speaks to the fact that we as a Federation family, right, need to know each other in that particular fashion. I think so many times people have just the overlay of us as a professional organization. And of course we have to act professional when we have that professional, but the strength of our organization, you know, again, lies in that love that we have for one another. It's only through that commitment and sacrifice that we're able to move the policy agenda, uh, able to fight for the rights of the blind, able to create educational opportunities and employment opportunities. It's just that volunteer commitment through love that we're able to do what we do as a federation, that we can live the lives we want. See, you already read Oh, look at you. Nice, nice. So, you know, speaking of fighting for the rights of blind people, our latest initiative having to do with supporting blind parents, you know, we're keeping it pretty simple. and We're just asking you for a high five. So, Anil, can I get a high five from you? Oh, absolutely. Nice, nice. 
Yeah. Now, the high five, you might want to explain to them, it's more than just a gesture of commitment. Right. So we have launched the high five initiative to get support for the rights of blind parents not only moral support but also financial support and so if you go to www.nfb.org slash high five and it's spelled out so it's nfb.org slash h-i-g-h-f-i-v-e there's a spot there on our new fancy donation form because you know it's a new fancy donation Fan- form. A fancy donation it is. form. Okay, it's right. fancy. It has ruffles. It would if it could. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so there's actually a place there where you can donate $5. And $5, you know, that's what were we saying earlier, a latte and a donut. There you go. So that's your latte and a donut for the day. But you could seriously change the lives of blind parents. You could help them become heroes in the lives of their children you know there was a piece that president riccobono wrote last week on the blog and he was saying he was quoting pedro martinez and pedro martinez said that you know even heroes need help sometimes because his daughter considers him her hero and it's true even heroes need help sometimes and you could be that help you can make a difference in the lives of these blind parents and their families And, and it's not just restricted to five no 10, 15, 20, multiples of five. Like five a, million. Five million. That would be pretty awesome, wouldn't it? That would be great. Yeah, and we would take credit for it. Totally. It's our podcast. You think we'd get a donut and a latte out of that? Uh, at least one. Right? Yeah, yeah. So we want you guys to be active in this podcast. Remember to call in to 410-659-9314, extension 2444, to tell us about your first-time convention experience. Don't forget to tweet up and the hashtag. The hashtag NFB16. See, you say it much better than me. Thanks. So also, if you have any suggestions for future episodes of the podcast or if you just want to give us a little shout out, you can email us at podcast at nfb.org. So, Anil, thank you so much for being on the show today. Oh, it's my pleasure. Will Um, you come back? Absolutely. Cool. Because I'm making this part of the living the life I want. Nice. Yeah. Hosting the show you want? Ho- look at you, see? <laughs> exactly. I don't know if I'm hosting, but I'd love to support it. So I'm love being here. I- I'm loving being here. And uh, I'm trying to see what type of feedback I'll get. Be kind. Please be <laughs> kind. I'm very sensitive guy. Right. right. Yeah. It's been a pleasure. Danielle, you do an awesome job. I'm glad you're on the team. Thank you, sir. Yeah. This has been the Nation's Blind Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. And remember, you can live the life you want. Blindness is not what holds you back. Thank you for listening to the Nation's Blind Podcast. If you have questions, comments, or feedback, send an email to podcast at nfb.org or leave us a voicemail at 410-659-9314, extension 2444. Also, don't forget to like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at nfb underscore voice. Check out the Nation's Blind channel on YouTube and visit us on the web at nfb.org. Until next time, remember, you can live the life you want. Blindness is not what holds you back.